I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 1, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right out of the chute, let's get out of the way. What's that 312.05? Is it really important? No, it's not. We'll get to it later. It's important, but it's not important from really a daily chart perspective. It's important from an intraday perspective. We'll get to it later. We have... A lot of stuff on the docket. I have a long list of notes today. We have stuff going on. Pull up a seat, grab a drink, and tune in. What's going on on the daily chart? Is there anything that jumps off the page at present? Well, other than the fact that that 312.05 seems to be hit today, and I will tell you it was not, that's a gap, and it's a gap we were focused on all day long. We'll get to that later. The market's above an important number, 310. Is 310 really as important as ES3000? And the answer is, no, it's not. So ES3100, not 3000, pardon me, been getting those numbers wrong all day long. But here's the deal. They're the same number, of course, but in my book, the ES3100 is bigger and fatter, and therefore, that's the real number that I've got my eye on. Since we're discussing it, We're at 3103, so my point is, as long as they're above the 3100 big fat round number, which also, you see, puts the market above the 20-period moving average, they're just fine. By the way, while we have this chart up, why don't we talk about the elephant in the room? What is the elephant in the room? How about this huge breakdown candle and this huge, long, bearish, wedgish thing going on? So, here's what we can say about that. A, this is what will normally happen, and then B, it's another way to look at the SPY daily chart, but B, are they trying to get to run a test of the high of the breakdown candle? Did they get high enough, and is it just forming a bearish, flaggish, wedgish thingamajig that's going to ultimately go lower? Well, here's what we do with that. And we look at this chart no different than we look at any other chart, whether it's hourly, SPY, gold, oil, IBM, AT&T. It doesn't make any difference. So here's what we're doing about it. The candle we just talked about, the high happens to be 3177.75. Okay, fair enough. When they came up to run a test before, the high was 3156, about 20 points away, give or take. Probably not good enough under normal garden variety conditions. Here's what else we have. We have this pattern here from the low. There's an up move. And this is our pattern within a pattern. And this is what's going on right now. So we have a bullish wedgish thing inside of the bearish wedgish thing. And I know this sounds like a bunch of hocus pocus, but it's all real. And here's how we're going to tie it all together. Here's how we're going to gauge the whole thing. We're not going to focus right now on that big breakdown candle. What we're going to do is focus on the smaller one that's closer by, right here. The high here is 3128.50. You get above that on hourly closes, daily close, and guess what? That's what they're doing. They're going up to the next breakdown candle high. That's the way the market works. That's the way I look at the market. Take it or leave it. Let's look at it a different way. Back to the SPY chart. 
They missed a gap. Two things going on. Either they missed it and that's really weak and you're going to wake up tomorrow being Thursday morning to some kind of a gap down and they're not going to touch this gap for quite a while. That's case number one. Case number two, it was just another day in the life of the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew and they're going to go back and get the gap tomorrow leading into the holiday weekend. Speaking of which, reminder, markets are closed on Friday and the volume will likely dry up tomorrow after the morning rush and therefore there's probably, and I say probably because we never really know, but there's probably not going to be a lot of activity on Thursday for probably half the day and therefore here's a word to the warning, word to the wise, inside the numbers members will note that I'm likely going to take half a day tomorrow. Unless there's some wacky stuff going on, expect that to be the case. So thing number two is they're going to go get the gap and they're going to be bullish leading into the holiday weekend, which by the way is garden variety market behavior. Doesn't have to happen, it just happens the majority of the time. It's an awareness. What happens if they're gapping down tomorrow, meaning more than 5 or 10 points? What happens if the market's getting hit at the open? Where are they going? Not all in one bite, but they're likely going where? 305. Come on, people. Not filling that gap at 312.05 would definitely be a shot across the bow. The market's weak, and it's not that they couldn't do it. It's a choice. There are no accidents, no coincidences. Everything's by design, so if they don't do it, it's by design. That's part and parcel to reading the tape. Here's another thing we know about the gaps. First of all, they miss it by pennies. They could do it if they want, right? They can move the market by pennies any point in time. But here's the thing. The gaps are magnetic. So the fact that they're within pennies and a gap is magnetic, it's a choice not to fill the gap. What's the biggest magnetic field ever recorded? At 1,200 Tesla, and it's not Tesla the car. I believe that was in Japan in 2018. Ask me how I know that. I have no idea. How about more importantly, why do I know that? That goes back to the inside your head thing, you know, dangerous place to be. That's my head, not yours. It's time for some inside the numbers action. There's really only two things that I want to point out about inside the numbers today. Remember, we didn't have any trades, nothing hit their numbers, so forget about stocks on the move. Think in terms of where am I actually getting value on any given day, and you never know walking in. When it's game time and you're in uniform, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You just play hard and the chips will fall where they may. So you can take a glance at this, but the thing that I want to point out, most importantly, that was early in the day, was when we ran up in the beginning of the day, in the first hour of the day, and then, and what I want you to do is stop the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, see what's going on, make your own conclusion about what's going on here. Because what happened in the second hour of the day is what I call a phenomenon. It's what I call the email indicator. And here's what I decided. And this really became a revelation today when I saw what was going on to my inbox. It looked like an absolute junkyard. I'm going to explain more about why in a moment. But first, what I want to do is explain exactly what I'm going to do with the email indicator. Because I'm going to give... All the participants in the email indicator creation, I'm going to give everybody a royalty. We're going to package it up 
and we're going to sell it to Joe's indicator shop. He's going to resell it to everybody else. It's all in jest. But the takeaway is what we actually do learn from all that stuff. We're going to learn exactly how and maybe not how all the time to use our favorite market leading indicators. Not everything is always cut and dry, black and white. All this stuff isn't always binary. There's an art form to it. So that was thing number one. And as we scroll up here, what we know about the market is it never really did anything. What we did know, and I hope you read that when we got there, what we did know is that as long as the market stayed above 310, and worst case was the opening range low, and you see it here, 309.30, as long as they kept closing short-term candles above that stuff, there was never going to be anything wrong with the market. What if they did get below that stuff? Well, if they did, then they were going to go fill the gap that was left open from yesterday's close. That's it. It's just that simple. That's the way the market works. Let's take a detour. And again, we're going to bring back, we're going to rehash the email indicator. So what I was talking about was the second hour of the day, the market declined. Also, we had a weak IWM, the transports were rolling over, or were just weak altogether, it doesn't really matter. It was everything that a holder of puts, a buyer of puts, a bear wants to see. They may have been right at the time. All that stuff's fine, but we like to use the numbers. If the IWM was down 10 points and the SPY never got below 310, what were you going to do about it? So here they got below 310, but guess what? One test of the opening range low spiked it by a little bit, closed the candle back down there, and guess what? Immediately reversed right back above 310. Very difficult market to short. Why is that? Well, two reasons at the time. Number one, the volume was non-existent. Who's selling the market in here? What do I mean by that? So here... The volume was a total, in this candle, a total of 2 million shares, give or take, okay? Take it from someone that knows the spider volume, that's not a lot. Take a look down at the bottom. It doesn't look like anything. There's no spike here. That's telling you something. It's not telling you they're not or going to fill the gap. We don't know at the time. Maybe they would have filled the gap if the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew weren't around. But what did they do? They did the same thing that we just talked about up north. They came up short. They screw over the traders that are short waiting for the gap. They screw over the traders that are waiting to buy the gap. Difficult market to short. But here's the net net. So they come down and then they reverse back up. So all they really did was go sideways all day long Second hour of the day, they had a shakeout operation. That's it. This is where all the emails came in. The whole litany of them. Clamoring to short the market. Typing in capital letters, why didn't I tell them to short the market at the high? You gotta love it. Many, many of the emails were citing the IWM and the transports as being weak relative to or against the SPY. Okay, fair enough. We'll talk more about reading that and the art form as we go along. Let me finish out the notes and we're going to show something else. Oh, there's a chart. Nice. All of a sudden, he's got charts inside the numbers. We see in pictures. Charts work. I take feedback. It's funny how things work. If you do what people want, they actually appreciate it. 
It seems like a simple concept. So let's talk about something that went on at the end of the day. So the reason I put this chart up was because we had a bullish flaggish thing going on and I wanted everybody to see what I was seeing, but I also wanted to have some commentary to boot. Just wait, there's a method to the madness. It gets better. The gap up north, they could have filled that gap at any point in time today, in the first hour of the day and any hour after that. They chose not to. Fair enough. Moving along. Here's where the art form comes in. Now, I'm watching the market, and the market doesn't do anything. I'm watching all day long. I know about the leading indicators. I know about the IWM. I know about the transports. And by the way, you don't have to send me an email asking if I see it. I see it. I appreciate the concern, but I'm sitting in somewhat of a cockpit. I see everything. I miss stuff, but I see most everything. Let's go over this. End of the day jam session, anyone. Just for those that don't know, an end of the day jam session is when in the last few minutes, like the last day or two, they jam the market up higher for some unknown reason right into the closing bell. They can go sideways for six, seven hours in a row, and then the last few minutes, you get a week's worth of returns. It's pretty remarkable. Well, today, here's the awareness. They have the gap up north. They've been eating time off the clock all day long. That's generally a sign that they're building energy to go higher. It's a very obvious duck. However, we're going to play the other side of the ball. We're on special teams right now. The uber awareness is that the favorite market leading indicators, and here's where they come in, they're weak against the SPY. Into the end of the day, they haven't filled the gap. Really? Now, here's where I can use something that I've seen before to my advantage. The awareness today is the jam session can be down south to screw everyone waiting for the gap. We don't guess ever. We're talking about into the end of the day. Anything goes. But... I wanted to put it out there because, and here is into the end of the day, and there's your end of the day Southern Jam session. Now, it's all relative. Here's a five-minute chart. It's all relative, meaning the market was quiet all day long. They could have went to get the gap. They creep higher, creep higher, creep higher, and then all of a sudden, there goes, even as small as it may be in the big scheme of things, they pull the rug out into the end of the day, a la your Southern Jam session. Now, here's what I meant before. You never know where you're going to get value. I can't tell you how many great emails, by the way, I got at the end of the day by all the traders that took off the long position waiting for the gap when they saw that figuring they don't need to be a pig who cares about the last couple of points or whatever it was. Let me take it off the table. I'm in a profit. And guess what? Instead of watching it dissipate into the end of the day, they made the money and they didn't get the rug pulled out. And you know what? I'm happy to use the benefit of the fact that I've seen that so many times before. The writing was on the wall. I can't say, short the market, here's what's going to happen. I can't do that. I don't know that that's going to happen. It's an awareness. I've seen this before. I've read this book before. It's kind of like one of those things when the guy on the motorcycle, tattoos through and through, big boots on, chain wallet hanging out, he comes to pick your daughter up. Big chance he's not going to Harvard next semester. Could be wrong. There's always an exception to the rule. But it's in the camp of, I've seen this one before. By the way, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we have a phony jobs number Thursday morning. Markets closed on Friday. 
Phony Jobs number Thursday could move markets, be a spark, one way or the other. Of note, Camp IWM, speaking about our favorite market-leading indicators, what do we have? Well, it's obvious. was down about 1%, leading the market to the downside. Not that the market was down today, meaning the S&P, just that it's a leading indicator, and guess what? It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. And here's the kind of the secondary lesson out of that. Just because the IWM was down today, just because the transports weren't up with the SPY today, doesn't mean we know when, if, the SPY is going to roll over. It's a divergence. We take note. We watch. We use everything in our tool bag all the time. It starts as an awareness, and it morphs into something else. Everything starts somewhere. Everything has a beginning, and everything has an end whether we like it or not. Here's a blast from the past. How about the VIX? So here's the end of the day stuff, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. The end of the day, yeah, we saw a little bit of a spike in the VIX, but nothing sustainable, nothing that matters on the chart. Still down 6% today. So is the VIX telling us anything, anything bearish for the S&P? Not really. It's an awareness. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So check this out. So they test this former high over here. That's an important spot. Why do we know that? Because over here, they ran up to make an attempt to fill the gap. We know the same story applies. They could have filled the gap. They didn't. They fell away. That's weakness. Now they're coming back. They're testing that spot. They still haven't filled the gap yet. So how do we read this? Well, we don't know yet. We have to look farther. It's certainly not bullish. We know that. The question is, is it as bearish as it might appear? What about that? What about that hourly chart? Look at that first hourly candle. That's a rollover. That's a gap in crap. Where does market symmetry say price is going if in fact market symmetry is going to work as prescribed? How about about 9,000? We'll just leave that there. See what happens. I would say this is a puzzle piece on the table. What would you say? Definitely on the bare side of the ledger. What about the cues? Silicon Valley. I mean, same routine. There's nothing wrong with this market. They have a double top once again. Maybe they pull back. Maybe they don't. But it's in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong. That's it. You can't draw anything bearish from this chart. It's an impossibility. Doesn't mean it won't fail. It's just you can't look at this chart and say, there's a failure coming tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. How about another or secondary canary in the coal mine? Folks at the transportation department are A number one. But certainly the financial sector, Wall Street, is a number two. Big global banks, Wall Street, across the board, the financial sector. Guess what? Not good. Not bullish. Good for bears, not for bulls. This is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Regardless of whether the market goes up for the next couple of days or not, this is telling you there's trouble lurking. Get above some stuff, turn around, above a moving average or two. Things will certainly change. Until and unless that happens, there's trouble lurking. Take it at face value. Smash Mouth. Again, another puzzle piece on the table. So we have Smash Mouth down about 1% today, yet the NASDAQ, the Qs, were up about 1% today. So there's a divergence going on. Now you can see when you put all this stuff in the bucket, there's divergences, there's stuff going on. Doesn't all happen simultaneously. It's one step at a time. We pick it apart. We look at different markets, 
different charts. We put the puzzle together one piece at a time. Couple of things. The awareness is I did get a little bit out in left field tonight. I get that. You get what you get with me. You signed up for the show. You bought a ticket to the ride. I'm bonkers most of the time. That's just the way it is. Second thing, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? True and 100% accurate information. Everything I wanted to and intended to discuss was discussed tonight. So we'll pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.